Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. The Bible says, and you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Last week, we looked at deception being a major problem uh, as as, uh, part of Daniel's 70th week. And we talked about why that deception is going to prevail so much is because the gospel witness has been removed. And... About all, the only thing that really holds back full-out deception now is Christians walking around with the indwelt Holy Spirit. We talked about that. We talked about how there's going to be so many competing voices, it's going to just completely overwhelm people with deception. This evening, we're going to talk about wars. And we see in Mark 13 and we see in Luke 21 as our cross-references, all those passages speak about when you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Luke 21 says wars and commotions. And at the end of all of those, Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, but the end is not yet. Daniel's 70th week will be a constant, nonstop news flash of wars and more wars, rumors of wars, and that's all people are going to hear about. All they're going to hear about. You think for the last year, we talked a little bit about this last week, it was COVID-19, just for a year, everybody's starting YouTube channels. You got new, uh, uh, you know, uh, news outlets coming about because of it. It's all people are talking about. Well, that ain't going to be nothing compared to what's what's a coming. But the end is not yet. Why? Because all of this happens before the nations try to destroy the Jews. It's going to be before they battle against Jerusalem. We turn back in the Old Testament. Let's get Zechariah chapter number 14. We go to the book of Malachi. Turn back one book. The last. The second to the last book in the Bible. Zechariah chapter 14 verse. Number one. We'll start reading it. Behold the day of the Lord cometh. And thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. And the city shall be taken and the houses rifled and the women ravished. And half the city shall go forth into captivity. And the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. All of this wars and rumors war is going to happen before they battle against Jerusalem. And when we look at verse, go back to Matthew 24. Let's look at verse 7. Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famine, famines and pestilences and earthquakes in divers places. We see our cross reference in Mark 13, 8, Luke 21, 10 talks about the same thing. People are just going to rise up against each other. (laughs) It's going to be individual against individual and nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. It's going to be. A complete and entire mess all over the place. 
Isaiah 19.2 says, And I will set the Egyptians against the Egyptians, and they shall fight everyone against his brother, and everyone against his neighbor, city against city, and kingdom against kingdom. It is, it's just a lust for control, a lust for power, and there's not going to, it's going to be unhinged. There isn't going to be anything that's going to be able to hold it back. Every single leader will be fighting for more control and more power. It's going to be a power grab and a power struggle. Deception is abounding, competing voices, and boom, it just blows the whole thing up. It's going to be an entire mass war, rumors of war, and people are going to fight, they're going to fight against their brother. But it just, it's going to be completely and entirely an absolute hot mess. Now, I think we're good so far, so good. We're going to, I'm going to take some differences now. I want to look at some key differences between, and you know I've said this before, there's a, there's a difference between the, the church and Israel. The church isn't Israel, or Israel isn't the church. The promises God made to Israel, we can't apply to the New Testament church, and if you do, you get things messed up. What is the church? Go to, uh, well, 1 Corinthians 15, 44, we see there is a natural body and there's a spiritual body. The church is a spiritual body. So that 1 Corinthians 15. So let's look at some of these last days for the church and then the last days for the Jews. Let's get an understanding. Matter of fact, let's go to Ephesians 5 and instead of 1 Corinthians. Let's get Ephesians 5. And let's see if we can park here, get some understanding. Ephesians 5, verse number 22. We won't park on this verse, ladies. But wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Uh, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives. We're not going to get on you tonight, husbands. Even as Christ also loved the church, that's a high task, that's a tall command, and gave himself for it. Verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it should be holy and without blemish. So all men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself for no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it even as the Lord, the church, for we are members of his body of his flesh and of his bones to become a member of the church. You can't get voted in <laughs> to become a member of the church. You have to leave your natural mother and your natural father. And you have to come into a relationship the same way. When you get married, you leave your natural mother and your natural father and to become one flesh. It's a, it's a marriage covenant. Right? That's a physical thing. You know what Ephesians 5 is picturing us? 
the body of Christ is likened unto marriage. You got a physical one, and now we have a spiritual one. And that's a very important distinction. We are born in a body of flesh. Our confidence is in our flesh. We must leave that confidence that we have in our flesh that we also oh trust in. And we have to put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we are born again. We have a we have a spiritual birth. And it's a spiritual body. Marriage is built on a lot of things, but I would say one of the key things marriage is built on is trust. Why else would she say, I do? Why else would he say, I do? If they didn't trust each other. Before you come to Christ, you've trusted in something. You repented of that and you put your faith and trust in the meritorious work of Jesus Christ because you trusted in what he did for you and he saved you and you are born into this family of God. So we are brothers and sisters because we've all had the same spiritual birth. And you know what the wife finds out after six months of marriage? He's not that hot. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and you know what the husband finds out after six months of marriage? The same stuff. It's everybody fight. Ma married people fight about the same thing. Now it might manifest itself in different things, but by and large, it's, you know, about a half a dozen things they fight about. I'm not talking about major disasters. I'm just talking about what stuff that's common to all couples. You know, when you're born into the family of God, you know, we're brothers and sisters. And you put any group of people together for long enough, guess what they're going to do? They're going to find stuff to fight about. Have kids. Married people have kids. They find out that their kids don't agree with them on everything. <laughs> That's why you got to teach them. You don't have to teach them to say no. You have to teach them to say, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. They know what no is. I, I, mean, I did when I was a kid. No, I'm not doing that, Dad. All right, let's move on. So who is the foundation? Jesus Christ. And people say, well, the church, you know, it's not it's not the building. The church is the people. I would beg to differ. I think I, I don't mean to split hairs, but the church is Christ body. And we are in the body of Christ. But I want to be real careful to be to just say what the Bible says. The church isn't the people, although you could make the argument that, sure, I get what people are saying when they say that. I get it. And, and, I, and I can go down that road. But it's Christ's body and it's a spiritual body. My will, your will, my opinion, your opinion, my philosophy, your philosophy. It shouldn't matter a hill of beans. It's the Lord. We are members of his spiritual body. Go to John chapter 3. I know this one's simple. Uh, we're going to keep it simple. And I think this is a great passage of scripture to take anybody to when witnessing. 
because people think in physical terms and Jesus tries to help Nicodemus understand some things. He says in verse number five, this is Jesus speaking. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water. Well, go had that. That's a water birth. We've been born out of a water sack. You know, mom says water broke and all that. So we get that. And of the spirit, you have to have a spiritual birth. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Why? That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. Now, we're talking about this spiritual birth. You see where it says end of the spirit? And then it says born of the spirit is spirit. We are talking about the church. It includes a spiritual birth. Also, the church is looking for a spiritual kingdom. Colossians 1.13, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. People say, well, the Bible's only a translation. You know, here in Colossians 1, the translation is better. <laughs> you were one thing and you got translated into something else. Amen. It'd be hard to read a minuscule and a majuscule. And you might not even wonder, you might be wondering, well, what's that? It's something that would be really, really hard to read. <laughs> but if I've got a Bible that's got chapters and numbers and verses, I can, I can follow along a lot easier. Anyway, anyway, we have a spiritual kingdom that we are translated into. What's the church? Spiritual, 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 spiritual. What are the Jews? What is the nation of Israel? Well, let's take a look. Well, it's a physical body. What are they looking for? A physical kingdom on the earth. The key distinctions I want to try to draw away from this is earthly versus spiritual, physical versus spiritual. Uh, go to First Timothy chapter number four. First Timothy chapter number four. Verse one. Now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry. That's the Roman Catholic outfit and commanding to abstain from meats. That's Father Nimrod from the Roman Catholic false church. What God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. What do we call somebody when they depart from the faith? It's called apostasy, right? We all get that. Those people depart from what? The faith that they once believed. That would lead me to believe that only that would only refer to believers. How can you depart from something 
that you never even believed to begin with. So the world is an apostasy. And they got the whole thing backwards. But the world didn't depart from the faith because they never believed what we believed. So we have this apostasy going on. You know what the church's last days is? We're in it. It's the sickening, disgusting, apostate church that we see that are, is hypocritical. Doctrines of devils or conscience is seared. They forbid to marry and command is abstain from meats. And they have abandoned what they've professed. And this is American Christianity. You have people, churches, so-called, that have professions of faith, but they don't have any possession of that faith. I'm telling you, you pull up any of these mega churches and you go to their doctrinal page, you'll be hard pressed to find anything that you disagree with because it'll be three sentences. <laughs> And it'll say, we believe that Jesus was virgin born, that died on the cross. They'll leave out the sin part, probably. But, I mean, the statements that they'll say, they'll be true. And then you'll keep strolling. You'll look at some of the activities, and you'll look at some of the pictures, and you'll look at some of the things that they're involved with. And then you go to a service, and you think you just walked into a Led Zeppelin concert. <laughs> it's ridiculous. What is that? That's the last days that the church is in. It's this hypocrisy. It's this apostasy and hypocrisy. Second Timothy chapter three. Know this also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such, turn away. You know what we don't see? We don't see in that passage wars, rumors of wars, famines, pestilences, commotions, earthquakes. Why? Because those are physical things. We are a spiritual body. The battle is a spiritual one. Israel earthy, Israel physical, church spiritual. Our last days we're in right now. It's the last days of the church. And every single thing listed here, we ourselves need to be careful that we don't depart from the faith. What do you mean by that? We're not going to go through all these verse by verse. We'll do that when we preach through this verse by verse. But I don't know. Did you ever covet? If you're a parent and you're upset that your children are disobedient, 
Were you ever unthankful? It's for us, for sure, <laughs> because these are spiritual conditions in the heart of men and women right now. And we have to be careful that we don't have a form of godliness, but we deny the power thereof. Look, the low-hanging fruit, I just love to hit it out of the park. All these Joel Osteen, Rick Warren, Megachurch, Furick, whatever that guy's name is, that gets all these people to come and they pack the house. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people come. I mean, it's, it's low-hanging fruit. It's easy to beat up on those guys. Well, you got to say in those gals, too, because I think Beth Moore and that whole crowd brings in more than the fellas. <laughs> what is that? That's the last days. Manifesting itself outwardly through all this inward stuff that's outflowing from the heart that we see in 2 Timothy 3. And in 1 Timothy. And they love pleasures more than they love God. All of that spiritual con spiritual heart conditions. I am not saying that natural disasters aren't happening now. Just turn on the news. I think there's some winter thing going on like statewide. And I talked to two folks today. They said they got snow. <laughs> but what's talked about in Matthew 24 isn't the stuff that's happening now. Wasn't there more of it? No, you just have more news channels. You just have more radar in the sky. You were growing up in the 1940s or 50s. You didn't have as many people reporting on what's going on around the world. What is the war that we are in now? The rumors of wars and commotions and wars right now. It's for the hearts and minds and souls of lost people. You know what the war is now? How do you get these reprobates that can go to Mars and say, Ooh, we found bacteria. There's life. And then take a baby in the womb and say, that's not life. Do you know how sick and messed up an absolute reprobate you have to be? to make those types of sayings? It's absolutely ridiculous. You're going millions of miles or whatever it is to get to another planet to find life and then the beautiful life that God created down here in a mother's womb? You have no problem calling that what you call it and killing it? That's the days that we live in. Preachers, so-called. Wanting to marry sodomites? Buying into this LBGT community? It's absolutely reprobate. What's the war right now? For the hearts and minds and souls of lost people. I want to bring the gospel to everybody. But none of us are going to be effective bringing the gospel when we hold hands lock, stock, and barrel with this whole gay pride agenda. Yeah. It's absolutely disgusting. Yeah. If you love those people, don't embrace their disgusting, reprobate, against God behavior. Mm -hmm. Lovingly go to them and firmly tell them, look, I love you. God loves you. God hates sin. 
you're a sinner just like I'm a sinner. You don't even have to point out what their sin is, by the way. They'll figure it out. God kind of has a way of doing that. Let me tell you how I got saved. Let me show you what the Bible says about sinners. That's the only solution that we have. The only solution that will bring about spiritual fruit. I'm parking on that because I want everybody at least to get the point tonight. There's a difference between spiritual church and physical Israel. There's a difference between the New Testament church and Old Testament Israel, physical versus spiritual. First uh, Thessalonians in chapter four, verse uh, 15, Paul thought the Lord was going to return in his day. He said, for this, we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we, which are alive and remain in the coming of the Lord, shall not prevent them which are asleep. He thought it was coming in his day. Go to Romans 10, if you would. Romans chapter 10, consider this. The Lord uses the New Testament church to provoke the Jewish people to jealousy. Romans 10, 19. But I say, did not Israel know? First, Moses, say, Moses saith, a little bit of a tongue, tongue twister. You got three S's almost back to back. I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people and by a foolish nation. I will anger you. Go to Romans 11 verse 11. He says, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentiles. Why? For to provoke them to jealousy. God broke off Israel. Look at verse 17. And if some of the branches be broken off. And now being a wild olive tree. were grafted in among them. And with them partakes of the root. Fatness of the olive tree. By the way that word work. When I read that. Anybody have a hard time understanding exactly what that meant? People try to make the Bible complicated. It ain't that complicated. It's a one syllable word that you don't hear all the time. But when you read it, everybody understands. Everybody understands it. You don't have to change the Bible. You just might have to look up a word. Verse 18, boast not against the branches. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. That will say then the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And thou standest by faith, be not high minded. But fear, for God spare not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not thee. He provokes in the jealousy. He broke off Israel to use the Gentiles to provoke the nation to jealousy. If Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 3, in the last days. Zach, can you take that? And he writes also, we which are alive and remain. When do you think the last days started for the New Testament church? Had to be in Paul's day. 
Had to have been. I don't think it happened long after the crucifixion. It had to have been in this day. He said in the last days, he said, we, and we've been in the last days ever since, ever since. So what happened to Israel's last days? We're in Matthew 24. God took a timeout. I don't know if parents here believe in timeouts or not, but for the sake of a better word, <laughs> God took a little bit of a timeout for the nation. And I want you to watch, get Acts. I want to see a little transition, transition in Acts. Let's start in chapter 13, Acts 13. And verse number 46. Watch how this evangelism trans transitions through here. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. But seeing he put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life. Lo, we turn to the Gentiles. They wouldn't hear it. Jews wouldn't hear it. Acts 18. Acts chapter 18. Uh, verse number five. And when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said unto them, your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean from henceforth. Forth I will go unto the Gentiles. This isn't to say we don't preach the gospel to the Jew. We do. But this transitioning that's happening in Acts has to do with God changing direction. Focusing on his New Testament church. He's going to come back and deal with the nation. Acts 28. We'll look at one more. And in the meantime, he's going to provoke them to jealousy. <laughs> Acts 28, verse 28. Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles and that they will hear it. Romans 11 Again, verse 25. Why? For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. God broke off the nation. We read that in 17 through 20. Romans 11, 11, we read that to provoke them to jealousy. <laughs> Crucifixion happens. After that, we move into this New Testament time. 
because everything happened that said had to have been happened for a New Testament to start. I know people, I know we split the Bible up between the Old Testament and then we say the New Testament starts with Matthew 1.1. I get that. I understand that. And I know you do too. But the New Testament church didn't start with Matthew 1.1. <laughs> Jesus has to be born. He has to come in a manger. He has to do his earthly ministry. Well, he didn't die on the cross yet. We don't have a New Testament until the death of the testator. Once that happens, then we can scripturally say, I'm not trying to split the Bible apart. I'm just trying to divide it rightly so we get an understanding of when exactly the New Testament scripturally can happen. It can't happen until the blood has been shed and Christ died. Do you have a last will and testament? It does not come into effect until you die. And then your kids and grandkids and everybody gets all your stuff. But it, they're not getting your stuff until you die. Same thing. Christ dies, death of the testing. The Jews' last days will include some of the problems that plagued the New Testament church. For sure, there's going to be that. But it's going to change dramatically from spiritual to overwhelming physical. Because they're a physical people. He's always dealt with them physical. When they obeyed God in the Old Testament, they got physical blessings. Their land grew fruit. Their land grew vegetables. Blah, blah, blah. We all get that. Or at least you've gotten it from me before. Let's go back to Matthew 24. One last point, And then I am done. Matthew chapter 24. Verse number seven, for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in divers places. Mark 13 and Luke 21, it uses the same phrase. They're the cross references. Your Mark 13, your Luke 21 in divers places. You know what divers is? Several places, different places, various places. It's where we get the word diversity. Divers places. It's not a localized earthquake here, a localized war here. It is going to be so much more than that. It's going to be all over the place. Deception all over the place, confusion, wars all over the place, all of it. It's going to be a hot. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.